Hey guys. Hey. So welcome back to another episode of Pretty Social Podcast. Welcome back. And I don't know about y'all, but I've been very honest about certain things like um, low self-esteem mm-hmm. that I've dealt with and um, depression, anxiety. Um, and I feel like a lot of that stems from like intrusive thoughts mm-hmm. or like intrusive thoughts perpetrate that yeah. a little bit more and exasperate those feelings of like mm-hmm. low self-esteem and things like that. So today, that's what we're talking about. Intrusive thoughts. Intrusive thoughts. And I feel like it's such a weighty topic. I mean, yeah. a, a necessary topic. Yeah. But I feel like when I was thinking about it, I'm like, where do I even start? Yeah, because it's such a broad <laughs> topic, too, because there's all different types of intrusive yes. thoughts. Like, I was listening to a podcast a couple of months ago, and they talked about intrusive thoughts, and it was, like, on a level of, like, just people having thoughts of getting harmed or mm-hmm. harming themselves or yeah. harming someone, and it's just, like, uncontrollable random thoughts or you know it's just the thoughts that you try and fight off every day Mm -hmm. like that you talk down to yourself and you know that's kind of like a little bit more of what I would say I experienced so Mm -hmm. to start off with that oh my gosh I get it all the time to the point where like I say it out loud even sometimes like oh my god I'm like it comes so naturally for me to be like oh my god what is wrong with you you are so stupid like I literally do that at least weekly. Ugh. Weekly, for sure. Yeah. And that's the worst thing about it when you start saying it out loud. And I try... The worst. Like, it's not that it's good to have them in my mind. <laughs> like, But when I start physically verbalizing it, mm-hmm. then that makes me feel worse. Because like, I'm super into like the power of your words. Yes. And, 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 and your thoughts as well, for sure. But mm-hmm. like... I feel like when I speak things out, they stick with me longer. Mm-hmm. So when I speak out like, uh, you are so ugly today. Uh, like, yeah. why would you... Do- I can't tell you how many times. I do little, just little things that everyone does. Yeah. Just a little slip up or something. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Gabby, you're so stupid. Why would you do that? And I'm like, why am I even talking to myself like this? Yes. Like, it was a little mistake. It oh was my so gosh. minuscule. Why are you being so hard on yourself? But yeah. I am my worst critic. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know why. Yeah. I don't know we why. We have to stop doing that because it's like, we. I'd like the quote I heard before. It's like, or it was Adrian Bailon. She was mm-hmm. talking about her. Oh, I hate my arms. They're so gross. And oh, her husband was like, that, yeah. Don't talk about my friend like that yeah. because it's like you would hate to hear that about somebody you love. Mm-hmm. But we said about ourselves. Like I remember oh, one time. I do this all the time, but I think, like, I'm around my husband a lot, obviously, Mm -hmm. and I said it in front of him, which I didn't even realize, because it just is so naturally, and I did something, I was like, oh my god, what is wrong with you? You are so stupid, Mm -hmm. and he was like, what in the world? Like, don't talk to yourself like that. Don't ever say that, and I'm just, and I kind of looked at him like he was tripping, because I'm like, I literally do this all the time. Yeah, like, you just caught this one. (laughs) You wasn't supposed to be here, (laughs) but but him saying that brought me back to reality, like... It's not okay for you to say that. That's not normal. You need to not say things like that. And like you said, like, would we, some might, I would say the vast majority won't, but would we just go up and say that to anyone? Like, Mm -hmm. I seen, um, or on Jay Shetty, he has a podcast, Mm -hmm. and he was talking about um, uh, some type of, like, experiment he did where he took women who were, like, young adults, 20s or so, who had young, like, teenage sisters. Mm -hmm. And... 
he put them in a room and said, you know, all the bad things that you say about yourself, these are the older adults. I've seen that. Yeah, he said, all the things, bad things that you say about yourself, say those same exact things to your little sister. And they're like, absolutely not. I remember that. Like, why would I do something like that? That's mm-hmm. my little sister. Like, I would never say something like that. He's like, then why would you say that to yourself? Yeah. And I was like, I literally got goosebumps when I heard that because I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. It's like, I know for a fact of who I am as a person. I would never do or say anything purposely to hurt someone or bring them down. My whole goal is, like, I want to be kind and encouraging. And I would never walk up to someone and be like, ew, you're ugly. Like, ew, like, why would you wear that? Like, yeah, things like that. And it's like, but I literally do that to myself all Mm -hmm. the time. Just like, okay, so, uh, what was it? Well, this is going to be a while since this video goes up. But we recently went to a uh, event mm-hmm. and we were taking pictures outside and I didn't post any of the pictures that you took of me, just the ones of us together. Mm-hmm. I didn't post any of the ones because I was like, ooh, you're ugly. Ooh, you're Casper <gasps> the ghost. Ooh, oh you should have like, I didn't post any of them and I'm not going to post them. And I know they're not that, but because my mind was like, you're so pale, you look ugly out here. Like, ooh, you should have brushed your curls out more. Like, like, and I'm, I was like, I'm not going to post no pictures up of myself because I think like, but that's crazy how those intrusive thoughts will get you to that place. Yeah, I've been there plenty of times where I'm just like, I, and that just reminded me of a time when we was in New York, me and my family, and mm-hmm. um, there was this really beautiful wall. I think we were in Harlem, I want to say. Mm-hmm. And there was this really beautiful painted wall, and uh, my husband and his sister was taking pictures in front of it. We all took turns taking pictures of each mm-hmm. other. And they was like, do you want to take pictures? And I was like, no. Yeah. Ew. Like, because I got to the point where they kept taking pictures of me the whole trip that I was literally disgusted with every mm-hmm. single picture that I was like, I'm not taking any more pictures. And that's so sad because it's a beautiful place. Like, yeah. I'm may not come back to Harlem anytime soon right. or if I do I may not be back in that part of Harlem but I just literally felt so disgusted mm-hmm. that like oh I hate that and it just it's it's sad because I hate hearing you say that about mm-hmm. you because I love you and I don't yeah. want you to feel like that about yeah. you but I say it to me right. all the time and it's like when you talk about the little sister thing, it makes me think about my daughters. Mm, and on yes. a deeper level than say that to them, I think about what if my daughter felt about herself the way that I feel about myself? Yeah. What if my daughter looked in the mirror and was like, I'm ugly, I'm stupid, mm-hmm. I hate myself. I'm so Like, I, my heart would shatter into yeah. pieces because all I want is for them to love themselves and feel yeah. beautiful. And so, you know, it's a daily struggle to overcome them thoughts. Like, so where, where do you... Do you think that everybody has these thoughts? Where do you think they come from? I think the vast majority of people struggle with some sort of intrusive thought. Whether if it has to do with your looks or maybe it has to do with um, just... I think sometimes it's just negative thoughts. Like sometimes, like... And it's very rare for me. But every once in a while, I'll get this like a spur of a moment negative thought. And I'm like, what the yeah, heck? It has nothing to do random. with even me. Just like a weird... And I'm like, oh, that's nothing but the devil. Because mm-hmm. that ain't no way. That's in my heart or in my mind. Like, mm-hmm. why that came up. So yeah. I think like everyone deals with some sort of intrusive thoughts mm-hmm. to some degree. You know, whether if you feel less than because of, like, your life choices or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Um, but where they stem from, I think that's where, like I said, it gets kind of weighty. Because I think everyone has a... a a deeper like roots to what it does like sometimes it's you know your environment and what you were exposed to and how you were talked to or how you were made to feel Mm -hmm. um and some of it has to do with just your own insecurities and how you look at yourself and how society um views beauty or um intelligence and you may not feel like you measure up Mm. to that or i mean so many different things like for me i don't necessarily 
I, I don't think I could pinpoint exactly where mine come from. I think some of my insecurities, because a lot of it's like low self-esteem around like my looks and, I, and I'm like super critical about everything. Like, oh, my hair is this, my skin is this, my body is this, all this stuff. And I think a lot of that stems from being bullied when I was younger. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was the chubby kid and I was... I started acting public schools when I was in the third grade so everyone was kind of already in their cliques and friends and I was this shy little kid that just came in that no one really wanted to talk to they kind of made fun of mm -hmm. and I think like that over the years kind of built up yeah you like kind of built up like, it was a, in a very developmental stage of yes your and it stuck with me for so long mm -hmm. because before that I was still chubby and stuff before I start acting and it really was acting public schools <laughs> I mean not to blame it all on that but that's when it started because like before that I was homeschooled and I was also in a Christian charter school mm -hmm. and I was never made to feel less than I was always poured into I was always and I'm not like trying to put everything on like oh it's the public school system but right. that's when I seen the turn because yeah, I was never like bullied before mm -hmm. that I was never made to feel ugly or less than before that so mm -hmm. then when I got into that realm and that's how people treated me and I was just kind of like shrunk down mm -hmm. and like I just started to internalize that as like Ooh. this is me because that really was your first experience with peers yes exactly and you go you thinking nothing's wrong with you and then you go get peers and they like and they're all this, like that. looking Ill. at you like and then of course like we weren't you know we were low income for a long time mm -hmm. you know growing up and you know I wasn't wearing like the fashionable clothes I didn't have the expensive stuff like a lot of it was hand-me-downs yeah. or like value city clothes like it wasn't like you know name brand stuff right. so like all that stuff adding on to it, I just, like, felt like a huge outcast. And I felt mm. like that's where a lot of it stemmed from. And yeah. I just couldn't let it go as I got older and yeah. older. And, you know, it always transpired in some other way, you know, as, you know, middle age, you know, childhood and, you know, teenage and things like that. And it just something that I thought was that's just who you are. That's your identity. This is mm. what you are and this is just what you're stuck with. Yeah, and it's so hard because it's like we so talked hard. about before, no matter how much anybody else tells you that you're beautiful, you're perfect, mm -hmm. you're this, you're that, you have to see it. You have, have to believe to. it yourself. And, and sometimes those thoughts from childhood... That's how deeply embedded they are. Mm -hmm. Like you, like we just said, it's the first experiences you have with other peers. Yeah. You know, and I think that like if I had to try and pinpoint mine, I don't think I was really bullied too much. Well, mm -hmm. a little bit when I was yeah. little in school. Um, but I, I think mine really started at home. Mm -hmm. And it's so weird because I know how much my mom loves me. Yeah. I know how much my grandparents love me, but... They, we are not an affectionate family at all. I, we have, I, I cannot remember a time where we said I love you to wow. each other. Like, I remember, I literally remember the one time my mom said I love you to me as a kid. And it's because I told her to say it. Like, wow. I was like, I love you. I was like, say it back. And she yeah. said it back. And I hugged her. Wow. And... I th I had asked her if my friend could stay tonight or something like that, and she said yes. But I really feel like I used that moment as an excuse mm -hmm. to hug my mom and say I love you and have her say it back to me. Yeah, because I just wanted to hear it. Yeah, and I think that also when I was a kid, and I, I still don't have clarity on this, I do have a family member who I really want to talk to, but I didn't live with my mom until I was seven years old, from what I can recall. Mm -hmm. Um she lived in another state. She moved up here when I was seven, and I met her and my little brother. 
um, or we reunited. I don't really know right. if I, so I. I think I was around her when I was a little baby mm-hmm. or something. But what I, from what I know, I like re really met my mom when I was seven. Mm-hmm. I used to call her by her first name. I never called her mom. My grandparents were mom and dad. Mm-hmm. Now I don't know if. And I really am curious to hear how their their version of all of this, because mm-hmm. we've never talked about it. But I didn't know they were my grandparents. I thought they mm-hmm. were my mom and dad. Yeah. Uh, one of my cousins literally told me that, why do you call your... We was literally outside playing. She's like, why do you call your grandparents mom and dad? Wow. And I didn't answer her because I was legit like, mind my blown. mom and my dad. Like, <laughs> right. what are you talking about? It's a weird question to ask. I didn't say anything because I didn't even know what she was talking yeah. about. I had to be like five or six or something. Oh and um, I ended up finding out. And I feel like it's blurry. I think maybe there was times when I seen my mom in mm-hmm. Alabama. We visited. I don't know. But all I know is she moved up here when I was seven. My brother was two. Yeah. And uh, slowly but surely, I started to... They used to reward me with treats and stuff to call her mom and to call them grandma, grandpa, because wow. they was trying to transition, transition it. To, yeah, to so I it's... would get rewarded for it. Like, they yeah. would celebrate and get all excited if I said mom. Like, I literally remember one day I went upstairs and said, grandma, my mom said, come get the phone. And they was like, what did you just say? And she came running downstairs and it just was like a big thing. Yeah. Oh <laughs> and it, that's how I started yeah. doing that. And um, but I think that sometimes that and then not knowing my dad, mm-hmm. parts of that, sure. not understanding the first seven years of my life, I feel like those cause a lot of identity issues oh, for yeah. me. And um, the lack of affection, no hugs, mm-hmm. no kisses, no I love yous, you know, nothing like that. I remember my grandmother used to let me sleep with her and she would snuggle me sometimes. Like, that's one of the very few moments I remember ever truly experiencing affection yeah. as a kid. Yeah. I went through a lot of things by myself as a kid. Heartache. Mm-hmm bullying never talked to anybody i literally had a boy beat me up a lot in like kindergarten and Mm -hmm. i never told a soul and it just happened and you know it was just stuff like that that i feel like made me feel over time sad i felt like i wasn't as important as other kids i felt like i wasn't as loved as other kids as Mm -hmm. pretty as other girls as beautiful you know just all these things that i just felt like i wasn't special you know i just talked about on a recent episode how like i would see uh, I was a cheerleader at one point in time mm-hmm. and there was other cheerleaders and their entire family was there with signs and yeah. banners and nobody was there for me. Right. You know, I think about, I, I hate to be going down this like, mm-hmm. cause I don't like to tell stories like this cause I don't want like a, like a, I don't know people to like, I'm seeking pity, but I do want to yeah, talk about like my story yeah, yeah, and my identity. But I remember like, Stuff like being the only kid to not have anybody at my eighth grade graduation. Being the only kid. We had a uniquely me thing in fifth grade where everybody had a board up that they did for the week. And it was just pictures of you, family, everything. Mm -hmm. Every kid's parent would come in that Friday and see what board they created for the week Mm -hmm. and do their presentation. I was the only kid in that class who did not have anybody come. They literally had to pull my brother out of second grade or first grade, whatever he was in, so I could have somebody. (laughs) You know what I mean? And it's like stuff like that that just beat it into my head that like you're not as important as other people. Literally, nobody really truly cares about you. You're disposable. Like it's stuff like that that, you know, has been poured into me that that I'm literally coming up against now. And that's hard. It's a lot. That's hard because (laughs) I could fully understand why you would feel that way mm-hmm. because if you're not shown that affection if you don't have the people there when everyone else does mm-hmm. like naturally you're going to be like well i guess it's me yeah like yeah, i yeah. guess like yeah. 
I'm not worthy. I guess I'm not, you know, especially being young because yeah. you already cannot process things correctly mm -hmm. and you have to formulate your own thought process on why things are happening. Mm -hmm. And it's so easy for that stuff to stick with you yeah. and, and follow you into adulthood. Mm. And it's like, it's so hard to try to break away those things, <coughs> whether if you had like a situation like yours where you weren't really showed, you know, affection and, you know, you didn't, you were lacking a lot in that area when it comes to like family, or you could be someone on the other side where you might have had really, you know, people who loved you and poured into you, but for some reason, like for me, it was completely opposite. Like I had both my parents and they both were extremely encouraging to mm -hmm. me. They were both poured into me. They bo both said amazing things to me. Um, but I did not value their voice over the, my peers' voice. Like, mm. to me, my peers' voice were, you know, so much, so much more powerful. Like, yeah. you're my parents. You're supposed to like exactly. me. Exactly. Like, you're supposed to tell you're me You're supposed I'm to say these things to me. Like, of course you think I'm <laughs> great. I'm your daughter. Like, <laughs> duh. But, you know, but, I mean, even now, like, as an adult, I mean, obviously as a kid, that's how you, I thought. But, yeah, as an adult, I do value those things because, even though in my mind at that time, I'm like, duh, you're my parents. Like, aren't you yeah. supposed to? But there were kids who didn't have that. True. Even if their parents did love them, they, they didn't have that for their parents to pour into them like that. So, no, just because they're your parents didn't mean that they had to do that for you. That's you know? True. So, I am fortunate in that. But, like, it just shows that you can be on both different sides. Mm -hmm. And have, you know, complete different environments yeah. and, and, you know, family dynamics. And still deal with these intrusive thoughts. I feel like... It's something internal in us. It's something, mm -hmm. it's some sort of insecurity in us that we just feel like we're lacking in an area. Mm. And, um, like, for me, I really pride myself in just being the best that I can be. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I'm not, you know, perfect. I'm not the best at everything. I fail in a lot of stuff. But I pride myself in doing my best. And I think that's why I'm sometimes hard on myself because I'm mm -hmm. like, your best ain't good enough. Your best is, it, like, people can do it better than you. Mm -hmm. People can sound smarter than you. Like, why would you even think about talking? Like, you sound stupid. Mm -hmm. And you're just, it's like, those are the things. Yeah. And it's like, that type of stuff can drive you crazy. Mm -hmm. It can drive you crazy because then you really believe that. Yeah. It's not even just, like, a thought where it's like, oh, that was stupid. Like, why did I think that? It's like, no, this, this you is believe real. It. This is real. This is how I'm going to live my life based off of that. Because exactly. I think a lot, of, a lot of where I was at in life, different seasons, I didn't allow myself to flourish or grow in the capacity that I could because I held myself back in how I was talking to myself and how I was thinking about myself and oh no you can't do that why would you even try oh no they wouldn't want to talk to you why would you even go up there Ugh. oh you're ugly why would you even uh, think that you could post that picture you think that you're gonna wear that like just stupid things like that it's like how much of life did I hold myself back in yeah thus far I mean, obviously, at this point, I'm more aware of it. Mm -hmm. And I, at this point in my life, I attempt to combat that and fight against it. Doesn't mean I always win. A lot of times, my intrusive it's thoughts hard. win. A lot of times, my intrusive thoughts mm -hmm. win. But it's easier for me now to try to fight up against it because I've come to accept that that's something I deal with. Yeah. Before, it was just like I identified myself with that, and that was it. And it was like... But that's not it. That's, that's not, not it. your identity. Those voices that are telling you that I personally feel like 
not trying to be super like religious or spiritual or whatnot but i honestly feel like the devil sees things in us especially if you're a child of god like if you're a christian you're saved he sees your potential Mm-hmm. He sees mm-hmm. how God can use you. He sees the light in you. And anything he can do to dim that light, anything he can do to keep you from growing, Ooh. to keep you... Because in all honesty, <laughs> he is so terrified of us. Like, in all yes. honesty, Satan is so terrified of us. Mm. He's terrified of, of us because he knows the power in us. Mm. He knows that the again. power inside of us is greater <laughs> than he is. He knows it. He, he knows. knows the word. He knows. He knows the word. But he, he don't want us to know. He don't want and us to know. And he's going to do everything he can to yes. keep us from knowing that. Exactly. And and anytime you feel like, oh, shoot, like, you start feeling Ooh. good. He's like, uh-uh. Don't forget you're this. Don't forget you're that. Don't forget you're, you're worthless. And then you're like, oh, dang, I did forget that I was that. And then Man. you're back into that place again. You know what? It's so crazy that you say that because I just, not trying to shift blame onto other people, but mm-hmm. when I first started going to church again as an adult, mm-hmm. I always went as a kid. I stopped yeah. for a couple of years. I started going back as an adult. I really rededicated my life back to Christ. Mm-hmm. And I was so excited to build new relationships and, 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 and heal and grow and be better. You know what I mean? I feel like he literally gave me an amazing husband and I thank mm-hmm. God for that that I didn't get married to some crazy weirdo yeah sure. you know in the beginning of my yeah I could have because I wasn't even fully healed but he gave me somebody who only helped me you know grow in that but yeah. I feel I feel like there was some women in my life that I think the adversary used to keep me down like mm-hmm. literally was like yeah. oh no she about to start thinking seeing her worth and seeing her value and seeing no. that she is good enough. Uh-uh, yeah. we can't like we have gotta, We gotta suppress that. Like, I gotta find a way to let you know that you're never gonna be good enough, you're never pretty yeah. enough, you're never gonna be smart enough, and it held me down for years. My anxiety. Mm-hmm. I just came out of a depression and a suicide attempt a few years prior. Yeah. And, and this is what you gotta jump yes, into and this is what i'm jumping into and i'm trying to feel better mm-hmm. i remember days in the shower literally screaming to god like why won't you take this self-hatred from me oh what else god. do i have to do i want you to deliver me from this and you won't you know what i mean and i was just stuck in that place for so long and it's because mm-hmm. i believe the adversary had that hold on me for a while until I truly started learning how to pray my way out of it, get my way out of it. And I'm not there necessarily now, but I do still have lose some of those battles to my interest yeah. if I still. Trying not to cry. Oh, no. <laughs> you do but got that just, face. <laughs> I know, I know. While you're talking, I'm just like, hold it back. But, you know, it's just, it it's just makes me remember about how, like, there were so many times where I was in a dark place. Yeah. And, and like... You know, feeling like when you're talking about like screaming to God, like, why? I mean, I had so many times where I'm like, God, why did you even create me? Mm. Like, but like, why did you create me? Like, I, I am worthless. Like, I am stupid. Like, no one does like me. And being in that dark place and really hating myself. And just being like, I mean... The, the good part about it is, like, I can see where I was and that mm-hmm. I'm not there. And even though I still deal with intrusive thoughts, like, God has definitely delivered me from a lot of it. That's and good. I'm so thankful. But <laughs> it's just amazing how you can be in such a dark place and really hate yourself. Like, even to the point where you're like, 
there's no point in me being here. Mm. Like, I would rather just die because I don't think anyone... Like, there's been times where I thought if I died, like, the only people who would come to my funeral were, like, my parents and my son and my brothers. Like, who else is going to come see about me? Like, who's going to miss me? Like, and I just, like... I can't believe that, like, those thoughts can really get you to a place where you don't even want to live anymore, mm. where you just don't value yourself. Yeah. And it's like, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about this, because I'm like, I know for a fact there's so many people in this world who are dealing with these thoughts. And especially since COVID hit, like, that, like, caused major spikes and in, in, like, mental health issues mm. and depression and anxieties and suicide rates went up high and yeah. I feel like people just felt alone and some people had to like sit with those intrusive thoughts because I think some people they get so busy they try to like work through those thoughts mm-hmm. like I, if I sit by myself I'm gonna get those thoughts yeah. so let me just stay busy let me work 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 and then when everyone everything shut down and everyone had to sit at home mm. like they were faced with those those terrible thoughts yeah and a lot of things they were faced a lot with. of people lost they lost that battle because they couldn't, like, face those. And it's just, it's something that, like, is so near and dear to my heart because I really just believe that everyone has value. I really believe, like, everyone has purpose and potential. And it's just, it saddens me because, one, I've gone through it, so I know what it feels like. And it's just, like, you know, you're talking about, like, how it would break your heart if your daughters felt like that. Like, as a parent, how it would break your heart if your kids were going through that? How it would break your heart if, like, your loved ones are going through that? And it's, like... Um, I just want to have this safe space where people are like, dang, yes. I feel that. But you know what? Like, I seen that God brought her through that. Like, I seen that, you know, no matter what Nikki went through in her childhood, look where God has brought her to. No matter what anyone has, else has faced in this, like, they're getting through it. And yeah, they still struggle, but they're getting through it. And that's what I want people to know. Like, there, there is a way out of there. There is a light yes. at the end of the tunnel. Like, don't let these thoughts... Um, dictate your whole life or 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 how you feel about yourself like Mm. you really were created for a purpose like we literally are not here for just nothing yeah like god wasn't just like hey throw you out here Mm -hmm. like or even if you don't want to believe in god like even if you're like evolution you're still here for something there's still something here for you Mm -hmm. there's still people who need you there's still people um that you can transform their life and I just want people to know that you have value. Don't let those thoughts, like, overtake you. Yeah, that's really good. I think it's so beneficial to share our stories because, yeah. like, it, it it's like sometimes you just have to, you, you have to, you don't want anybody else to go through that, but sometimes mm-hmm. you have to hear how another person came through yes. it. Sometimes mm-hmm. you do because it's so easy for me to look at other people and think, like, you know, why would you feel that way? Like, yeah. you're such a good person. You've yeah. done this, da, 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 da. And it, it's like, and if you can look at them and say that, you can look at you and say that. Oh, for sure. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. I can look at you and be like, that's crazy. Like, I can, like I said, I, I, I can look at women and be like, low self-esteem, how? Yeah. Where? You're literally stunning. You're yeah. so pretty. And I'm like, well, why can't you say that to yourself? Are you so? <laughs> like, why? why can't we literally just be in the mirror and be like, oh, you're so beautiful. Like, look at you. You're beautiful. <laughs> I'm starting Smile to do that me. now. That's good. I'm starting to do that now. Like, <laughs> even, even if you kind of have to fake it till you make it. Fake it till you make it. Sometimes you don't feel that way. Like, sometimes you really like, oh, I just want to sit in the house and sweats all day long because I don't feel good. But, like, just the, the, 
the shift in that mindset of like, you know, I don't feel good, but you know what? I'm going to say, you're going to do good today. Yes. Today is going to be a yes. good day. Like you are going to, you're going to kill it today. You're going to go into that, that meeting and you know, you're going to kill it. Like if you have insecurities in that mm-hmm. or, oh, you're going to go to this event, wear that. Listen, you want to wear that? Wear that. Don't worry about what no one else is going to say. Like just get, like pep talk. Yeah. Pep talk yourself. Pep talk. It's so necessary. And like kind of a side note, but like the event that we just went to yeah. um, where we were talking, it was about fashion yeah. and we got to talk to a lot of people from our city mm-hmm. who are you know, kind of who are have been had success in their field, yeah. especially when it comes to fashion and design and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And it it made me feel motivated, but it also reminded me of why what we want to do at Pretty Social is yeah. so important yeah. because I feel like you can't even begin to think about like what you want to do and where you want to be and what's your next goal when you're depressed and you oh, hate God. yourself. No, so it's like you gotta, and everybody's not in that place and everybody don't start off in that place, but yeah. for the people who do, you know what I mean? For the people who they think that that's a whole nother world. I know mm-hmm. I have before yeah. I used to hide because that was a whole nother world yeah. to me. Like I don't fit in with these people. Yeah. What do I look like being in a room with these people? Mm-hmm. I don't have nothing going on. You know what yeah. I mean? And it's like, you have to first, First, come out of that dark space yeah, there has sure. to be a safe space to talk about things like this mm-hmm. there has to be a safe space to you know just be open about it and not yeah. feel embarrassed like I feel like I don't right. talk to nobody I don't tell nobody how I really met my mom and my brother when I was seven mm-hmm. and how I thought my grandparents was my parents and how I found out and I didn't have a dad because I feel like they are gonna start playing the violin mm-hmm. like oh and t- you're not trying to get pity yeah. you just wanna tell your story I just wanna tell my story and I just be like sometimes I feel like people don't care but you know, I realized that that's, that's not true because my story is going to be used to help somebody else. I was just yeah. talking, Darian from Overly Opinionated Podcast, I responded to their last episode where he was mm-hmm. talking about his dad and I, I I wrote them and he was like, oh my God, we need to have a conversation about this because the exact same thing happened to me with my dad wow. and how like just meeting them yeah. when we were adults and stuff. And I was yeah. like, wow, it would be really cool to actually talk to a person yes. who went through that too. And not just like, I heard stories about it, but to really talk about like, how did you feel? Your own how was that, you know? And it's like, unless there was that space allowed for that, those conversations would happen. Mm-hmm. So it's so important to just, you know, to find somewhere to start. You yeah. know, with the healing and letting go of the intrusive thoughts, and yeah. like you said, it don't they don't really stop because they're uncontrollable. They're uncontrollable. So I want to ask you because we said we just talked about our childhoods were very different. Yeah. Um, I can think of what my family could have done differently. Mm-hmm. Um, although one thing that's helping me work through it now is I recognize how much my family loved me. Like yeah. they didn't say it because that's just not how they were. But I think about times when my grandpa would you know, be a fake band with me and my brothers in the living room all the time. I think about how my grandma would come in my room and be like, you want to get a late night snack? And like, we would do stuff. They like showed They showed it. Way. They didn't say it. They didn't treat me bad, but they didn't know how to connect with me emotionally. So they yeah. couldn't be there for me with that stuff. But I, I, I'm telling myself the truth now instead of the lies that the adversary is trying to tell me. Mm, um, yes. But I did often think like, if they would have did this, I wouldn't be this way. So mm. is there anything that you think your parents could have done? Even if you don't blame them, anything else they could have done differently like I feel like the only thing I can think about is maybe sitting me down and actually just talking like not mm. that we didn't talk mm. but I mean I had me like my family has always uh been a different dynamic I mean it was me my mom my dad my both both my brothers 
my middle brother had a developmental disability, so obviously there was a lot to go in with yeah. that, caring for him. My dad worked a million hours just to take care of us so my mom could stay home and, and take care of us while mm -hmm. he made the money. And um, there was not a crazy amount of time just like one-on-one. -on -one. Mm -hmm. Um, where I could just sit and, and talk. And I'm sure if I, you know, as a kid brought up to my parents, <laughs> yeah. I want to talk, they would obviously make the time. But I think just having so much going on in life, there wasn't just like, hey, let's sit down and talk. Like, mm -hmm. what's going on? Like, obviously it was always the like, how's your day today? How's yeah. school? Things like that. But I, and I don't know if knowing me, I would be super open. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know if they would have sat me down and said, like, hey, what's going on? How are you feeling? Like, mm -hmm. things like that. If I would be open and honest, mm -hmm. I, I can't say 100% if I would have been, but at least that door would have been open and I would have known that, like, maybe I could, you know? Mm -hmm. Maybe I could have said something. But um, I think that's the only thing I can think of, just because knowing how I felt at that time of just being so closed off, mm -hmm. um, having a son... Um, and him being the only child, like mm -hmm. I sit down with Nate all the time mm -hmm. and ask him <laughs> everything, like every and anything I could ever ask him. I know he gets so annoyed, like mom, okay. <laughs> but I'm like, tell me, is there anyone bothering me at school? Do you like anyone? How many friends do you have? Oh How my do you God, feel? that is literally me. <laughs> I literally it? did that this morning with my kids while I was doing their hair for school. Yes. I'm like, how are things at school? How are you, how's your friends? Any bullies? Yes. Any boys got a crush on you? You know, everything. all that stuff. Because I feel like the more I probe, <laughs> you know, something may come out. And there has mm -hmm. been times, there has been times where, like, me and my son have, like, a super crazy, like, bond. Mm -hmm. Like, it's super tight. And I appreciate that. And I thought that, like, when he got to be a teenager, like, it would not be like that anymore, but it's still like That's that. Awesome. And, like, I started that at a young age of, like, leaving the door open to talk about every and anything. I mean, some of the conversations we had were super uncomfortable for me. Like, mm. super uncomfortable. <laughs> like, oh, my God, we're really talking about this. But I also wanted to open that door for yes. this conversation because I want him to know you can talk to me about everything and anything, and I'm not going to, you know, get mad at you if you mess up right. because I'd rather you come up me, come to me and tell me these things. Mm -hmm. And then also that gives me the opportunity to have these deep discussions with you to see if anything's going on. Maybe nothing is, but at least you can open up and say, you know, oh, mom, I am feeling this. Yes. I am feeling that. That's so important. And I think, I think that... Again, I don't know if I would have taken full advantage of that if my parents did that. Mm -hmm. I think that they did an amazing job pouring into me. And I think that, again, it goes back to I hide things really well, even from mm -hmm. a kid. And I don't know why, but I hide things well. So there was a lot that I dealt with that I don't think my parents really understood or knew because I was the happy, smiley kid at home, like singing and dancing for my yeah. parents and just being carefree and fun. But then I would go up, I mean, even in middle school, I was talked about in another episode where I would go upstairs into the bathroom and throw up because I tried to be bulimic because I thought I was ugly and fat. Mm. Or, you know, crying in my bed thinking, you know, I'm not like anyone else. But I hid it so well. Yeah. Oof, I hid it so... so well. So when you're good at hiding things, it's hard for people to be like, hey, talk to me, something's going on. Because you look like you got everything together. Yeah, that is true. That's yes. a really good point because I'm like, I wonder if I would be, because I think my kids are to an extent. Like, sometimes I have to pry. Yeah. Um, I think our relationship is open. Yeah. I don't know how close. Like, my kids are 
they everything I do is cringy to them. So it's oh, like yeah. I kind of like I've always noticed. I don't know if it's just a boy thing, but like boys, they love their moms. They always compliment them and tell them they're so pretty and give them mm-hmm. hugs and kisses and yeah. cuddles. My kids. <laughs> hate hugs and kisses so much. Jenna will give me a hug if she really misses Mm -hmm. me and stuff. But Maddie, like, oh, that girl, she like... (laughs) What are you doing? Why are your arms open? Yeah. And she said, she was like, I don't mind sometimes. And even when she does, it's like the driest. I'm hugging her and she just like this, leans into it. (laughs) So I'm like, what is wrong with y'all? Like, I got the baby. She'll give me hugs and kisses, but I'm like, y'all better not poison my baby. (laughs) But I just hope that that's not like some type of a precursor to like what our relationship will be like Mm -hmm. when they're teenagers. Like, I'm just like... I want us to always be really close. Yeah. And they do feel comfortable, but they it's in their own time. Like, yeah. I'll ask them, like, is there issues at school? And sometimes mm-hmm. Maddie will say, I don't want to talk about it right now. And then she'll come to me later okay. when she's ready to talk about yeah. it. Um, or she'll give me, like, a hint that something's going on, and then we'll get into a full conversation about it. So I'm just glad that they do talk to me about it. Yeah, for sure. You know, but I just want to make sure that I'm keeping those doors open. And I'm, I want to make sure that I'm paying attention. Yeah, You know what I mean? To everything. Like, do they, is there anything reason they may need to go sit down and get counseling yeah you know, oh for sure that's there's nothing wrong with that because mm-hmm. there was a time where i mean my son was much much younger but he was having a lot of issues at school lots of kids were bullying him and then he was getting fights with them and i'm like this is so i don't get this so mm-hmm. i took him to counseling because i'm like i don't know if you're telling me everything yeah so maybe we just need a safe space for you to talk to someone else about these mm-hmm. things and let's figure out like a plan of what's yeah, going on like what's where do we go next but i think like you know all those things work together to do nothing but help the mm-hmm. child more. You know, all I think sometimes it. people are like, oh, counseling. Oh, sitting down and making your kids talk to you. And it's like, no, it's just like, I feel like it's just a normal part of life. But we've gotten yeah. so away from that. We've gotten mm-hmm. to like, you do you, you fix yourself. Yep. And then, you know, and it's like, especially with kids, they, they don't know how to do that stuff. Yeah. I they don't know how to self-regulate. I remember <laughs> hearing all the time, like stuff like, what you got, what, what, what you got to be stressed about? You don't got to pay no bills. You don't got... Kids got a lot Kids of stress. Kids have a lot of stress. Like, a lot. They at school, like, getting... I remember, like, this is a random story time, but I remember a teacher did something that I felt was very inappropriate yeah. when I was in the fifth grade, and mm-hmm. she... Like, basically called me a liar and a thief and pulled me up in front of the class and told everybody that I was never to be left alone in the classroom. So, I'll tell the story why so why that happened wow. so it makes more sense as to why she was wrong. Yeah. But um, she had us buy, our parents buy, like, eight folders or whatever. Four for the first half of the year, four for the second half. Because mm-hmm. she said, I know they're going to get raggedy. Yeah. So, mine's got raggedy early. Mm-hmm. And she, I knew where she had them. They was all on the shelf. Mm-hmm. And because she said it was for when they got raggedy, I went and got my folders that my mom bought me. I picked them out and yeah. I started using those. Yeah. This is the reason this woman pulled me in front of the class and, and said I was a liar and a thief and I was to never be First left off, alone that's in her mine. classroom. I'm not a thief. I'm just taking what's mine. <laughs> because of some folders? I feel like if anything, you should have said, no, I was going to wait until the end of the semester. You should have asked me first. Next time, ask me first. Yeah. But don't. You do that to a kid? You know what I mean? So it's just well, like... Well, some people also don't need to be teachers, too, unfortunately. Yes. There's a lot of people who don't need to be teachers. Yeah. And so that that was just like one... Um, what's the word? 
Example. <laughs> I was going to say evidence. Thing <laughs> that worked. That was like one thing that like um, stands out for like something I went through as a kid that yeah. really bothered me that I felt humiliated. For sure. And who did I talk it's to about it? Class. Not a soul. You know what I'm saying? So it's like how many things and we deal with. And that's something that I wish I would have like versus me saying what I wish my parents would have done because I feel like they did a great mm. job. What I wish I would have done. Yeah. And even though I know like I'm, I'm not hard on myself in that because I know I was a kid. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're a kid, you just don't know what to do sometimes. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes you're too embarrassed to tell people stuff. Um, and I think that was my thing. It's like, I just wish I would have been more honest yeah. about things that I was going through and things that I was feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, because I know for a fact if I would have walked to my parents and told them these things, they would have, like, done everything to, like, pour into me. Yeah, and, they would have helped And you. do what they could what they to, could, yeah. like, help me through those feelings and thoughts. Whew. Yeah. With that being said, mm-hmm. what steps are you currently taking? I know we talked about being in therapy and everything. Mm-hmm. And we also talked about how, like, um, sometimes we still feel defeated. What steps are you taking currently to try and combat those? Hmm. I think I would say the only thing that I'm doing currently is trying to replace those thoughts and those um, negative words I say to myself with positive ones. Mm -hmm. Like, I am more able to catch those things now and stop them in their tracks Mm -hmm. versus allowing them to get to to just go too far. Like, mm-hmm. sometimes, like, before I would used to just dwell on them and just, like, that would be the whole rest of my day. It's, like, that bad thought mm-hmm. would ruin my day. Now, I'm better at stopping it and being like, no, absolutely not. Like, I I, I will be honest. There's times where I'd be like, uh-uh, verbalizing it. Like, uh-uh, devil, not doing it. Not doing it. I know what you're trying to do. Like, you're going to have to come harder than that because I'm not doing it with you mm-hmm. today. And just that type of, just those little things they they give kind of give me the power back. Mm-hmm. You know, it's no longer my thoughts controlling me. It's no longer, you know, the the inadequacies that, you know, are making me, you know, shrink down, but mm-hmm. it's like, no. No, I'm not going to I'm not going to think like that. Yeah. I'm not going to talk to myself like that. And I like I said earlier, I'm better at it now. It's not as much because it used <coughs> to be like all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's still a weekly thing for sure that I have to deal with. And it's some sort of thoughts, you know, it's always different, but it's for sure a weekly thing. But going from every day, multiple times a day to, you know, maybe a couple times a week is drastic. Yeah. It's drastic good. because those things can be so weighty. So um, just because I'm not in therapy right now, I would say that's my best way to combat it. So what about you? Um. I, I I stopped myself too and I okay. say it like right then and there. It reminds me of when I wanted to learn to stop cussing. Yeah. The way that I did that was every time I slipped up, I would go back and correct myself. I wouldn't just like be like, okay, I won't do it next time. Mm-hmm. But when you get tired of, of keep having to say no, not that and replace the word, mm-hmm. it eventually started. To, I stopped saying it. So yeah. now I'm like, I have to call it out every single time. Yeah. And as soon as I say it, I'm like, girl, stop. Like that is not even true. As soon as my brain starts trying to tell me like, you're not worthy. You're not beautiful. You're this, you're that. It's like, I'd be like, stop. You already know that's not true. Just stop. And I've been, like I said, I've started like, um, speaking myself up in the mirror. Mm-hmm. I look in my mirror like, like, girl, you are beautiful. Like stuff yeah. I wouldn't say out loud to anybody because I don't want to come off cocky. But right. I'll look in the mirror and compliment myself and look at the things that I like and really 
believe them like but for a long time i didn't believe it i was like there's mm-hmm. no point in me saying this stuff to myself in the mirror because i know that i'm lying and i don't right. really believe yeah, it like, I don't but like now i'm believing it and i'm feeling good about it when yeah. i walk away from the mirror like wow like it really does feel good or even not even just about looks it'll be like you are a good freaking person like you know and just i'm starting to believe those things so i'm gonna keep on speaking and keep on speaking it and and those interesting thoughts for me have dwindled down as well so that's so awesome (laughs) so we hope that you know us just sharing our journeys with this it got heavy it got heavy (laughs) but i think that's okay sometimes we need to go there it's okay sometimes we need to go there because these are real issues Mm -hmm. that people deal with and you don't often hear about this like i don't personally often hear about people talking about stuff like this and sometimes you can feel alone in those thoughts sometimes you feel like why am i the only one who thinks like this and feels like this and it's like i don't want anyone to feel like they're alone in this i don't want anyone to feel like you know, they're the oddball because Mm -hmm. they have these thoughts that they don't want to have. It happens. We all deal with these. And um, I just want, hopefully, you know, you guys will take this or something will be taken from this um, episode where, you know, it's helped you, you know, maybe brought some light to, you know, how you can combat these things. Mm -hmm. Maybe you need to start um, speaking words of affirmations to yourself. You know, maybe you need to, love yourself a little bit more maybe you need to go to therapy maybe you just need to find someone to talk about these things where you Mm -hmm. have a safe space um but i just my ultimate goal is just i want you guys to know that you're not alone yeah and that you can fight these thoughts Mm -hmm. you can and you can change um (coughs) you can change like your whole life by just changing your thoughts Mm -hmm. um yeah, that's what I have to say. And I just want to add, if you guys want somebody to talk to, like I just talked about how hard it is for me to talk about mm-hmm. my story. And it's easy for me to talk about it in front of people like Darshan, like Gabby, because yeah. I know for a fact that they not rolling their eyes in the back of their head like, mm-hmm. woe is me, right. which is like a fear of mine. Or like, oh, here come the daddy issues and mm-hmm. all this and that. And like, if y'all need somebody to talk to, I promise you, this is not, this. there's no judgment here. Not if y'all want to email us, if you want to mm-hmm. DM me and cry and say like, I never been able to, y'all. like, you <laughs> know, it's will. a safe space and I can understand why people will be apprehensive, but mm-hmm. I promise you, this is a judgment-free zone. And we never talk about anyone's stuff unless you specifically say, hey, you I want to put this out i we would never like go back and say anything about anyone like that's confidential between us so Mm -hmm. yes please please if you ever feel like you need to talk about anything like reach out to us in Mm -hmm. any way that you can and we are more than happy to be there for you guys yes um so as always Everything is listed in the description. We are everywhere. YouTube. Everywhere. Spotify. Can't get away from us. <laughs> you, I, I don't have to name all. We're just everywhere. Everywhere. Everywhere you stream everything from, you're there. We're, We're there. on every social site. We're on TikTok. Yes. We're on Twitter. We're wherever. Follow us everywhere. If you have those things, follow us everywhere. If you have Spotify and you have YouTube, follow us on both of those places. Yes. Like, subscribe. Because I think, too, like... The one thing I loved about adding YouTube mm-hmm. was that, like, you could actually see us, like, in our, like, it kind of shows our personality. It shows, like, how we respond to things <laughs> that you can't always tell just by right. listening. So, yes, we still love our listeners on Spotify and iHeart Whatever and all that stuff. Whatever you prefer. But, like, just follow us on everything. If you want to see Gabby crying every week, you got to subscribe to YouTube. Because <laughs> clearly I cried here. Actually, I've been doing good. You talking. have been doing I good. I have been telling myself before, like, okay, this is going to trigger you. Don't cry. And I've been doing good. This time I cried. So maybe it was just 
about time. But yeah, you're not gonna see me cry if you're listening have to I this. Have I ever cried on the podcast? Yes, a little bit. I have. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was about to say I have never cried. Not a full cry, but you have. Yeah, a little bit. Oh wow. Yeah. yeah. I try so, to be a gangster, but you know, gangsters cry. All right, y'all. So, oh, lastly. Um, Instagram lives every Wednesday every at Wednesday. 8 p.m. from the Pretty Social Podcast uh, page. So make sure you join that because we have great conversations. So good. Every Wednesday. Love Amazing. It. And we just love you guys. Thank yes, you so much for your support. For your share, 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 share. Yes, please. That is how we are being found is by people sharing us. Word of mouth, all of that. Make sure you tell your friends to tell your friends to tell a friend. Tell about your coworkers, so- tell everybody. Matter <laughs> of fact, podcast. next time you're in a group setting, airdrop it to everybody. Yes, <laughs> do that. That's so, yes, do that. All right, y'all. All right, y'all. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>